There were people floating by. I saw an ark being built over on 28th Street. I wasn't really sure what was happening, but anytime it rains more than about a half inch in California, people freak out. I mean, I, I mean, today, honestly, they were driving like two miles per hour on the freeway coming in. I was thinking, really? I mean, really? I mean, it's not that bad, you know? And of course, then there were a few people from uh, where I live that were whipping in and out of traffic, causing wrecks. Uh, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, so uh, glad you're here. Hey, I'll tell you what, why don't you do this? Why don't you uh, find somebody beside you? Because you've probably uh, not seen them all day because it's been raining. So uh, find somebody around you and tell them something that you were really thankful for over Thanksgiving break. And we're going to come back together here in just a second. Okay, find somebody quick, talk to them. Okay. Okay, let me call us back together. No way you can be any more thankful than that, so uh, let me go ahead and call us back. So, uh, well, hopefully break was good for you, and uh, that was a fun time. I'll tell you what, one of the things I'm really thankful for, you know, um, for those of you that don't realize, like, like setting all of this stuff up, and tearing it down each week and stuff, especially in the rain, that's always fun, uh, you know, because you love to take electrical things into the rain. But, uh, you know, the, the setup team, uh, the, where's the setup team? If you're on the setup team, like stand up or do something like that. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that. Do that, get up there, get up there, come on. <laughs> come on, there you go, there we are over there. There they are, all right. You know... Let me tell you what, the, the setup team and the worship team, they knock themselves out each week. And so, uh, you know, when you see those people, thank them for that. That'll be a good thing. So, uh, well, tonight, what we're going to do is this. We're going to talk about, if you're wondering, if you're sitting around thinking, hey, what are we going to talk about tonight? We're going to talk about gaining ground as you go home. Now, I don't know whether you've experienced this. You probably have at some point. If you haven't, hold on, you will. And that is that you head home, and as you're going home, you're really excited about some of the things that God's been doing in your heart and life over the semester. And in fact, you kinda, you're kind of there and you think, oh my gosh, you know, this is, I've grown so much, this is going to be good. And I'm going to go home 
and I am going to share these things. And they're going to be so excited. I mean, they will be tickled spitless about this and they will just, you know, think this is wonderful. And what you find is that actually your heart isn't as encouraged by the time you've spent a little bit of time at home. And then you find out they weren't really that encouraged about you talking with them either. And you're like, what happened? Well, why did that happen? And what I'd like us to do tonight is talk about a few things, four things in particular, that if you would actually put these into practice when you go home, then there's the real good opportunity that uh, you could remain encouraged, that you could actually gain some ground uh, as you're at home, and that you could actually be a blessing to those there when you are at home. So what I want us to do is spend a little bit of time looking at those. So the, the very first one is this. One of the best things you need to do when you go home, have a sane estimation of yourself. Have a sane estimation of yourself. Now, you know, the thing that happens when you don't is this. You go home and you kind of have this thought of yourself of, I have the answer to every question that my folks could ever possibly have. Now, your folks... Unfortunately, most of your folks, they're going to suffer from something, you know, that they call kind of the powdered butt syndrome. You know, it's those whose butts you have powdered, you do not tend to listen to advice from them a whole lot. You know, you kind of just kind of go, yeah, right. You know, and so what you want to do is you want to approach that a little bit differently. What you're going to find is this in Romans 12, three, Paul says this, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. You know, what you're going to find is this. While you've really hopefully made some real strides in knowing God and in loving him and in beginning to learn to walk with him from the heart, what you'll also find if you're honest with yourself is there's a little bit of a distance to go still between you fully emulating and reflecting Christ in all areas of your life. And so therefore, what you want to do is instead of just going home and thinking, I am here to tell you how to live your lives. Uh, instead, what you want to do is you want to go home with a much more sane estimate, kind of take a breath, slow down and begin to put these other three into practice. Okay. So that's the first one. Have a sane estimation of yourself. Realize you don't actually have all the answers. Now, you may have answers. I'm not saying you don't have answers. People have answers. But you don't have all the answers. So, you know, kind of think, think well about yourself. Second thing, stay plugged into, or if you haven't ever gotten plugged into, begin to get plugged into a relationship with Jesus. Because that is going to make all the difference in the world. I mean, have you ever noticed how Jesus tended to get along with all sorts of people? I mean, even people like your family. I mean, you know, if you looked, I mean, he got along with everybody. I mean, in fact, he got around people that, you know, you would not hang out with maybe sometimes, and, and he got along with them swimmingly. And then he got around people that you would hang out with, and he got along with them swimmingly. I mean, he just got along with every kind of person. Part of that was who he was. Part of it was the way he was like, for instance, you know, do you want to be a person that's more loving? Well, then you get around a person whose very character is love itself. You know, do you want to be around a person? You want to be a person that's more joyous or you want to be a person that's more patient 
or a person that's more good or a person that's more kind, then you get around and you spend time with someone who that is their very character. That's who they are. And so as you begin to spend time around Jesus, that's what you'll find. You begin to become like those that you hang out with. So you want to begin to get time with him. You want to stay plugged into him. When Jesus was speaking about this very thing to some folks, John records this. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, you know, we look at that sometimes we go, nothing? Like, not much? No, nothing. Nothing of any substance that's really going to take place in your life. Nothing that's really going to cause you to, you know, be a blessing to them. Nothing that's going to really cause you to grow. Nothing, nothing like that's going to happen if you do not stay plugged in and connected with him. In fact, when Jesus first called the first 12 that he wanted to follow him, in Mark 3.14, it says, he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he could send them forth to preach. So Jesus' main thing that he was about from the very beginning is people would be with him, learning from him. And so one of the very things you want to do, if you want to begin to have a impact at home, if you want to begin to continue to grow while you're at home, if you want all of that to go well, one of the very first things you have to do is stay plugged in to a relationship with him. Now, this is true whether you're going, you know, home or anytime you move into a new environment. You know, if you move out of one place on campus and move into another place, you need to think about this. Every time you go someplace for a break, you need to think about this. But you need to begin to figure, okay, when am I going to get time with God? When, where, and how? You know, what am I going to be doing? You know, like, what am I going to be reading? You know, because sometimes you think, yeah, okay, I know when. I'm going to do it at this time, and I'm going to do it in this place right here. And then you think, uh, but I just don't know what I was going to be reading this time. I was thinking about this, but now I'm thinking about this, but now I'm thinking about this, and before long breaks over. And you're like, hmm, didn't go very well. So know that going in. When am I going to meet with God? Where am I going to meet with him? You know, like if, if you're in a house that's full of people, you probably want to find a quieter place. You know, you want to find some closet or something. You want to find some place. You know, find some place where people aren't, where you can actually get some time. You might even, if there's all sorts of people that are up all the time, you might even have to get up earlier. Oh, my. Which means you might want to go to bed. Oh, my. Yeah, so plan ahead. That's the real thing. You know, plan ahead. Stay plugged into him. Third area. Watch your words. Watch your words. Now, one of the things, if we're not careful, is this. When you go home, it's real easy to begin to revert to patterns and ways of relating to your family that you used to. Now, for those of you that grew up perfect, don't worry about that. Go home and repeat that, okay? Do that. For those of you that maybe had a problem with that at all, you know, you might want to consider making some changes. Like for some of you, you know, you go home, you know, and, and your, your way you relate to your siblings may not be the best, you know, or for some of you, it's just the way that you relate to your parents. You know, you're kind of like, there they are. 
well, I have to put up with my parents. You know, it's like, no, no, you, you get to spend time with your parents. You know, you want, to, you want to tell yourself the truth. But you want to begin to watch your words. There's a couple things to do there. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. Proverbs 15, 28 says, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So learn to think before you speak. Now, this is especially good if you have people that you tend to be impatient with. Anybody ever have any family members you tend to be a little impatient with? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, see, I, I'm at home. No one's impatient with me because, you know, I mean, when you're perfect. No, uh, but it's, uh, you know, we all have people we're impatient with. You all have people that you are prone to be impatient with. So when that happens, when you're around those people and like, you know, you, they say something and you think, <gasps> and you start to say something, stop, think, think beforehand, ponder, be like Mary, ponder, ponder those things. Okay. And begin to think, mm, maybe it's better not to say that, you know? And so, you know, stop, think before you speak. Second thing, as far as uh, watching your words, don't complain. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to complain? I mean, like, it's so easy just to get into things like, oh, are we going to do that again this year? Mm, you know, your folks love that. Uh, you know, do we have to take them? Did we have to invite them? You know, all these different things that, you know, you might have a tendency to, to say. When Paul is talking to a group and he's telling them, hey, guys, this is how you can stand out as a follower of Christ in a way that's not weird, but in a way that's really a blessing and really important. And he says this in Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling and arguing. In other translations, it says without grumbling and complaining. Do everything. How much does that leave out? Everything. Yeah, not much, huh? You kind of think, well, but I mean, except for your little brothers or little sisters. You think, no, everything. So just learn as you're going home, you know, begin to tell yourself, hey, you know what? Don't complain. Don't complain. Instead, don't argue. Don't, don't, don't do that. Instead, go home, look to handle things in a totally different way. Third thing, just in the way you speak, Speak in such a way as to help. When Paul's speaking to uh, the Ephesians, he says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Have you ever gone home and you've really had something that people need to hear? Now, they didn't want to hear it, but you knew they needed to, so therefore you were going to go and administer it to them, you know, you just knew they needed to hear. Here's one thing that you will understand. Unsolicited advice is seen as criticism most of the time. So when you go home and you start sharing with your parents, you know, this is what you ought to do, or you start sharing with your siblings. Now, here's how you live life. Let me tell you, in my 18 years, I've, you know, when you start, uh, you know, when you start doing that, one of the things you'll find is mm, they don't hear it as well because they don't want to. So sometimes what you want to do is, I mean, just speak less. 
Proverbs 17, 28 says, even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's counted prudent. For some of you, you think this could be your chance to be thought of as wise, okay? (laughs) Just don't say anything. Just be quiet. And people go, whoa, he must be deep. (laughs) Deep in thought. Look at them. Wow. And you're over there going, huh? Uh, You know, but they don't know. You know why? Because you're being quiet. Actually, there was one guy that uh, paraphrased that. He said, it is better to be quiet and be thought a fool rather than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You know, so, uh, you know, Proverbs is more positive. You know, it says, just be quiet. Be quiet. You know, maybe you want to do that. Last thing as far as your speech, watch your tone. Watch your tone. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up answer. Did you stirs up uh, anger? Did you notice in the first one, in the first part of that, you get to answer, you get to say the whole thing. In the second part of that, just one word spoken wrongly, and oh, it's going to stir up anger. What you find is your tone will set the tone for everything. So. Watch not only what you say, watch how you say it. Watch your tone, especially around your parents. Um, You know, like if you're walking in and you say, hey, mom, what's for dinner? And she says, "Um, we're going to have whatever, something that maybe you don't care for. And, you know, there's a big difference between, oh, great, or, oh, great. Have you know, same word, but it means something totally different, doesn't it? It's just your tone. And so, when, especially as you're relating to your folks, if you want to raise positive parents, one of the things you want to do, <laughs> learn to watch your tone around your parents. You know, learn, you know, dial it back a little bit. Learn to actually have a tone that is respectful. Learn to actually have a tone that, you know, seems like you're somewhat encouraged and, you know, you're not like, you know, crazy. And um, do that. Lastly, lastly, lead with your life more than with your lips. Now, most of the time, there again, we have an idea because we've been in school and we've been in big school, reading big books and, uh, you know, and taking these big classes and learning words that we didn't even know how to spell them before we got here. And so, you know, we've been doing all those things. And the problem is then you go home and you think, I shall now instruct them about things that they do not know of. They probably do not know about metaphysics. They probably don't even know there are such things. But I shall tell them, you know, or you think you have all these different things, you know, you're going to, no, no, no. Athanasius, one of the old church fathers, used to say this. The life should command. The lips should merely persuade. So lead with your life. Now, the best way you're ever going to do that, if you want to understand, the best way you're going to lead with your life instead of with your mouth is this. Serve. Learn to serve. Now, when Jesus wanted to show us the heart and character of God, when he wanted to really show us who God was at the very core and what he was about, Philippians tells us that he took on the form of a servant. In fact, in Philippians 2, this is what Paul says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, Jesus, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Nothing that you do is going to reflect the change of Christ in your life when you're at home as much as you looking for practical ways to serve. So what I'd like to do as we've kind of wrapped some things up tonight is this. I would like to give you several hints on how you could serve while you're at home that would really be helpful for you and really be a blessing for them. So one of the things, learn to meet practical needs. Learn to serve in a practical way that meets real needs. Learn to serve in a practical way that meets real needs. In in John 13, and these verses aren't up here. You'll just have to take them by faith. You can write them down and look up them up later. But in John 13, verses 5 um, through about 10, Jesus is there, and uh, it says it's his last night on earth, and he knows that he's come from the Father, and he knows that he's going to the Father, and he knows that the Father has given all things into his hand. And yet, to reinforce for them, again, what God's like and, you know, who he is, he takes off his uh, cloak and, you know, puts on a towel and begins to wash the disciples' feet. Now, why do you think he washed their feet? Why do you think he did that? They were dirty. Yeah. Very practical thing. I mean, it's, it's very practical. It's not like, you know, he, he wasn't over there and going, oh, this will be cool. This is one of those fun exercises. Let's all just get together. You know, you know, I see people do it today sometimes. They'll go, oh, you know what we ought to do? Let's just wash each other's feet. And you're like, your feet aren't dirty. Yeah, but it's cool. You're like, no, that's, that's weird. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. <laughs> Meet practical needs. That's what Jesus is talking about. Meet practical needs. Did you notice when he had 5,000 people there and they were hungry, he didn't say, sit down. I'm going to wash your feet. You know, and they're kind of going, we're kind of hungry. Yeah, but it's cool. Sit down. I'm going to, no. What did he do when he had 5,000 that were hungry? He fed them. Meet practical needs there around the house. Meet real needs. Second thing, serve without being told. Serve without being told. You know, for instance, you will be able to tell if the garbage needs to be emptied. Strange, isn't it? I mean, you walk in there, you just like your mother can look there and say, oh, it's full. I mean, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, you can figure those things out, you know, look ahead of time, or you can go out and if like, you know, you're looking out there and you can't see the car. You're thinking the yard needs to be mowed. You know, I mean, there are things like that. You can figure those things out. So go ahead and serve. If you want to see a great example of that, read over in Genesis um, 24. It tells the story of Rebecca. And this guy's coming and he comes from this land. He comes in and he says, hey, could I get some water? Could you give me some water? And she said, I'll not only give you some water, I'll go ahead and draw water for all your camels as well. And she begins to do that. And he, now the long and the short of it, if you haven't read the story, she gets a husband out of the deal. Just saying, you know, I mean, you might want to think about this girls. This would be a practical way to serve. You know what I mean? Just, just saying, just saying, all right, just, you know, so you understand serve without being told. It's just a good thing to do. Uh, third thing, serve in little things. You know what? I would be willing to bet this. Most of the time, someone's got to set the table. 
or someone's got to clear the table or someone's got to do the dishes or someone's got to do various things like that. Just do the little things. If you look in Luke 16, um, verses 10 through 12 there, one of the things Jesus said is, he who's faithful in little things will be faithful also in much. Now, here's what we tend to think. I don't really need to mess with these little things, but if my folks ever need advice on how to live life or how to do this or how, you know, I will be there to instruct them because after all, they don't have the background I do. And I could help them. No, 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 no. Look for little ways that you can practically serve. Look for the little things and begin to do those. Fourth thing, serve in such a way as to do it right the first time. Have you ever noticed that um, sometimes you do something and then you watch your folks and they come right behind you and they redo it and you think, well, what is their deal? Well, they want it done right. And you think, like, what are you talking about? Like, I've watched some people, like, I've had folks come over to the house sometimes, and they'll say, hey, you know, uh, I'll help or something like this. Okay, great. You know, well, what do you want me to do? You want a vacuum? I'll vacuum. And here's what you'll notice. There will be something just like this backpack sitting in the floor. And what you'll notice is this. They'll vacuum. And they'll leave the vac. They'll leave the backpack sitting in the middle of the floor. Why? Well, I didn't say I would actually pick something up. I didn't say I mean. I mean, just I'll vacuum around it because, after all, you know. I mean, I wouldn't want to. You know, I wouldn't want to exert. And you begin to look at that. You begin to think, Oh my gosh, just do it right the first time. You know, Colossians three twenty three and twenty four says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as unto the Lord rather than to men. Knowing it is from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Every time you're serving at home, who you're actually serving is God himself. By the way, you serve others. So look for ways to serve and do it right the very first time. Fifth thing, serve to please the one that you're trying to help. In other words, do it their way. If your mom is one of those that maybe, you know, she does the laundry and she gets through drying the towels and she likes to fold them twofold. And you're like, no, threefold is better. And she goes, I want them twofold. You know what? Do them twofold. Okay? When you come back here, you can go, I'm taking all my towels out. I want to make them threefold. You know, okay, well, you do that. You're back here. But while you're at home, if she likes them just done twice, just do them twice, Okay? I mean, look to do it in such a way that it really pleases them. You know, do it in such a way that you're really just trying to be a help to them. If you don't, what you find is this. You'll begin to hear things like, please don't help. No, no, please. Really. No, really. Go watch TV. Somewhere else. Someone else's house. Just go. I mean, just, you know, just go do something. And you're like, what is the matter with my parents? It's not your parents, okay? I mean, what you want to do is look to help them in a way that is helpful for them, not for you, for them. Lastly, serve without needing to be noticed or rewarded. Have you ever noticed that when you actually begin to serve people, how proud you can get of how humble you are to serve? You're like, I'm such a good servant. And you begin to walk around with this attitude. You know what? 
You know what Jesus said in Luke 17, 10? He said, so you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should simply say, we are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. In other words, when you serve, don't walk around expecting a pat on the back. Don't walk around, you know, expecting someone to give you a lollipop. Don't, don't, don't do that. Instead, when you serve, just think, that's what I should do. That's who I represent. That's, that's what I'm about. So I should serve. So just, you know, what you'll find is this. Ask yourself when you're doing something, am I really more interested in God being glorified or in me getting the credit? Which one am I really, which one do I really care about? And what you'll find is if, if you're really more interested in the first one and God really being honored and God really being glorified, then you really won't care if they notice it. You really won't care if they don't. If you'll begin to do those four things, if you will begin, do you know, really think of yourself in a, in a right way? If you'll begin to really stay plugged in to a relationship with Christ where his life is flowing through yours and, and the power that comes from him and the insight that comes from him is flowing through your life. And if you'll begin to watch the things you say and, you know, not only what you say, but how you say it. And then if, if you'll begin to actually lead out with your life by really serving, what you'll find is this, you will go home. And the time there will be really sweet. And you'll also find this. You will really gain ground in your walk with him. You won't revert back and lose ground that you've made this semester. So I would encourage you as you're doing that, you know, go home, have a ton of fun. But in the midst of it, really look to serve well. Really look to honor your folks well. And, and, and it'll be a great break for you. Now, one of the things, let me tell you one quick thing before I invite the worship crew back up here, and that's this. FPU, that's something that was mentioned a little bit earlier, Financial Peace University. For some of you, you know, God willing, you're going to graduate. I would be encouraged by it. Your folks will be encouraged by that. You know, you'll be encouraged by that. But, um, you know, you're going to graduate. I would really encourage you, if you haven't gone through that yet, go through it. It will be a game changer. For you in learning how to have a comprehensive view of finances and in learning how to actually use your money in such a way that, that it's really you're in charge of it. It's not in charge of you. So it, it'll be a really good thing. There's room for 13 total in the thing. So if you're wondering, hey, I was thinking about signing up right after 14 other people ahead of me. Well, then you can do it next year. Um, but if you want to do that, then there's room for like 13. So there's a on the table at the back, there's a, a paper there, and you can sign up and stuff like that. But you'll want to uh, do that quickly if, if you're wanting to be a part of that because it'll be a really good opportunity. In fact, those that have been through the class, you could chat with them. In fact, if you've been through Financial Peace, why don't you raise your hand so they kind of, oh, oh, my gosh, a plethora of you. So, okay, there's a lot of people been through. So if, you've, if you're wondering about that, talk to one of them. They can tell you about it. They can tell you, you know, whether it's beneficial or whether or not, you know, ah, nah, just go ahead and just spend everything. Uh, you know, just, uh, what a, if they tell you that, never mind. they probably flunked the class, but, uh, you know, uh, no, but I would encourage you, you know, to really do that. So let me pray for us and we'll invite, uh, we'll invite the band back up. Father, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity we have to, uh, to be able to go home, to be able to, uh, spend time with, um, family who really, uh, 
many of them know you. Many of them have a relationship, but Father, many of them, uh, many of them don't. And yet you have given us a special opportunity to be a real uh, aroma of you there at home, to be a real uh, blessing to them. So Father, would you help us to take the things we've looked at, would you help us to put those into practice and live them out in such a way that when people are around us, their lives would be more refreshed. They would, uh, they would really be encouraged by what, it actually, what actually they see in our lives um, as far as what it means to be a follower of yours. And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Neil.